0: Good morning. It is 7 minutes after 9 o'clock. Glad to have you with us. Well, now we've lost a couple of servicemen, and our foreign policy seems, well, frankly, pretty screwy to me. Uh, a lot of people are just are, are not aware of what uh, what all we're involved in internationally. We have 15 secret wars that the U.S. government is currently involved in. I'll go through them with you in a few minutes. But first, as you know, uh, Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft was uh, on the program last week. And he was a little late because uh, he was in a meeting uh, dealing with, uh, I guess, uh, spending and budget in his office. And uh, the state auditor, Scott Fitzpatrick, uh, well, he wanted to come on and talk about exactly what was going on. So he joins us this morning. Auditor Fitzpatrick, Scott, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you this morning?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for uh, having me on. Glad to have you with us.
0: Exactly what was going on? What was the uh, kerfuffle about uh, regarding the Secretary of State spending?
1: Sure. So there was an audit conducted at the Secretary of State's office that began in late 2022 under a prior auditor, Nicole Galloway. Uh, right before she left office, they, they initiated that audit. And uh, I oversaw the vast majority of the work on the audit because she left office a couple weeks after the audit began. And uh, the audit report came out last week, and I know that uh, you had the Secretary of State's office or Secretary of State Ashcroft on to to discuss that that audit, and I just wanted to you know respond to some of the things that were said, so you know number one, I didn't start the audit, so when you know the allegation was made that it was a political audit, and I essentially just completed it uh because it was started by the prior administration. There was a finding related to Eric in there, which is a information uh sharing uh basically organization that allows state governments our states to join as members of it and share their voter registration data between them. So they can identify duplicate registrated or duplicatively registrated registered voters, as well as uh, voters who are on the voter rolls who are dead. And uh, that membership, there was a finding in the audit related to that membership. They joined that organization after being requested to do so by the local election authorities in the state, meaning the county clerks and election boards that oversee the elections at the local level. And they joined the organization. They, as a result of that membership, received information on over 700,000 potentially duplicate registered voters uh, in the state that would have been potentially registered in other states as well. Over 21,000 dead voters that were registered in the state. And the finding was essentially just that they withdrew their membership in that organization without discussing it with the local election authorities. They were the ones that were actually receiving this information and using it to clean up the voter rolls. And they did it without having a plan in place to replace the data they were receiving from that membership. So that was, you know, the, you know, one of the issues in the audit. So was that the main uh, issue
0: that he, that he didn't, um, send in dues to this group?
1: Well, no, he just made the decision to withdraw. You know, there was no failure to pay dues. He 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 consciously made the decision he wanted to leave the organization. And, you know, the, we, we we fully acknowledge that he had the authority to make that decision. And, you know, I, as a practical matter, matter understand why Secretary of State Ashcroft chose to leave Eric.
0: Can you explain uh, why? Uh, Can you explain that? Because I know he's, he uh, explained uh, that he was um, a little concerned about the way Eric has been working and with whom.
1: Yeah, he... Can, he 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 had concerns about, I think, uh, some of the board members in the organization and, and, you know, the the partisan affiliation of some of them. Uh, I think they were asking uh, the states to send out, uh, you know, information to people who weren't registered to vote as part of their membership, and he didn't want to do that. Uh, So there were some things that he made the decision he didn't want to be a member of it, and that's completely fine. The finding was essentially, though, that we were not, you know, we were receiving the information on the duplicate registered voters and the dead voters. And when we withdrew from Eric, we did not have a source to replace that information. So that was what the finding was.
0: All right. So it wasn't that he misspent or anything like that, it's that he didn't provide an alternate source of verification for voter registration.
1: Correct. We didn't have a a plan to replace the information that would help us identify duplicate registered voters or dead voters who are registered to vote in Missouri. That that was the first finding. The other one dealt with cybersecurity reviews and basically the yeah we were doing an audit of part part of the audit was to review uh, the implementation of a law that was passed in 2022 that allowed or that required the local election authorities to have a cyber security review conducted by the Secretary of State's office or by another entity that was specialized in cybersecurity reviews. And so we asked for information from the office as part of the audit to you know see where they were in the implementation of that law, how many reviews had been conducted, and what the results of those were. And the Secretary of State's office refused to give that information to the auditors. And so the findings in the audit was that they refused to give us the information which you know we were legally authorized to have and as a result of that we had to limit the scope of the review and we're not able to determine you know how you know exactly how many of the reviews have been done what the results of those were and which organizations had been reviewed
0: did secretary ashcroft offer up a reasoning uh, a reason for his uh, decision not to provide that
1: Well, and I think to us at the time, they've tried, they were essentially making the case that they had the authority to close the law under, under the sun, or close the records under the sunshine law, which, you know, we we were, we get information that would be closed record under the sunshine law all the time. I mean, it's not, there's no, nothing in the sunshine law that allows an organ or a governmental entity that's under audit to withhold that information from the auditors. You know, and, and the show or the, the radio interviews that they've been conducting, uh, he said, you know, they had a contract with the local election authorities to not release that information, but, you know, the you you can't enter a contract as a governmental agency that would put you in violation of the law, which requires you to release that information to auditors. So that was the conclusion was that, you know, the recommendation was that the Secretary of State's office in the future should release information to auditors that they're legally required to.
0: Did he uh, change his mind on that? Did he say, okay, we'll do this? Or did he stand his ground and
1: yeah, say no? What we, did, what we did was they said they they weren't going to give us the information. We had two options at that point. One was issue a subpoena, and and if they you know, defied the subpoena, then we would have to go to court and force it in court, uh, which you know, we could have done. Or we put in a report that they refused to give us the information, And make sure everybody understood that that was limiting the scope of of what the audit was able to be, how the audit was able to be done. And I chose the latter in order to, you know, get the audit completed and moved on. and, And, you know, we have a lot of things going on in the office, so we have a lot of audits to do. And as opposed to spending legal resources and taxpayer funds to you know, go to court and, and force them to give us that information, we decided to note it in the report that they just refused to provide it.
0: If you just turned the radio on, uh, Scott Fitzpatrick is with us, uh, the Office of Missouri State Auditor. We're talking about uh, a, a kind of a, a, I would call it a conflict, I guess, with uh, Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft uh, and uh, what, uh, what he did with uh, Eric, this group that uh, validates and verifies uh, voter registration. But it doesn't appear that he spent money uh, recklessly or anything like that. Um, are there? While well, I've got you on the line, um, Scott, are there any other uh, state agencies that uh, you've, were you, um, well, where you may have uncovered um, uh, poorly spent or uh, unwisely spent monies?
1: Uh, so we are, you know, we, have, we do the statewide single audit um, you know, every year, which is a federal funds. Last year we identified $10 million in the Department of Social Services and the Medicaid program that was basically allocated incorrectly that was costing, you know, basically the state a bunch of money that the federal government should have been paying for. So that was one thing that we were able to get corrected and save the state $10 million there. Most of the... Broad that we've identified and my year in office has been in local government so we've we've had you know we just had a, a audit released of an ambulance district in southeast Missouri where the executive director of the district had stolen about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars we had a a city in southeast Missouri where the the mayor or the acting mayor uh, was functioning without a board of aldermen and it was the sole basically person running the city and stole about $65,000 from the city during that period of time. So we've had, I want to say five or six audits come out in the last year that actually did identify, um, fraud and money that was stolen. And, uh, the yeah, other charges that have been filed in some of those cases and charges that are likely to be filed in others that will be, working with prosecutors on to hold those people accountable
0: uh well let me uh, let me just hit a couple of our markets anything in springfield or lake of the ozarks or jeff city or boone county
1: we haven't had any released uh during my time that uh that are in that that uh geographical area we can tell you that these audits take a long time so you know many of the audits that that uh you know we began i mean this one just to the secretary of state's office was about a year long process to get the audit from start to finish and, and out the door and on a lot of these fraud audits they can be even more complicated and you can be dealing with people that don't want to talk to you and you have to issue subpoenas and take depositions and things like that so my uh my thought is that at some point we'll probably have something to talk about southwest missouri uh, that that would make some sense for you uh, but right now most of the fraud we've identified has been in the southeast corner of the state
0: <laughs> all right uh, scott fitzpatrick uh the office of missouri uh, uh, uh state auditor if there's anything that comes up and you want to come on you have got our number we'd love to have you sounds good all good right to you. take care scott fitzpatrick with us on uh, the gary nolan show uh, let's move out a little bit further, talk a little bit about foreign policy, because uh, now we got another pending problem in the Middle East. Gary Nolan's Zimmer Radio Network. It's uh, 22 minutes after 9 o'clock. A message came in at GaryNolan.com. You could send me a message there, too. Uh, there are no cookies. Uh, we don't send out blast emails. We don't keep your uh, email address on record anywhere. It's just a way for you to communicate with me without putting your voice on the air if you want to avoid that. Uh, And I got a message from Anson. He said, the ERIC system was used in Alabama. Alabama adopted a different system. Uh, There are sources to remove the bad data and the ERIC system didn't have an effective track record of keeping voter rolls clean. The bureaucrat that you had on is a dangerous part of the expert class. The ERIC system is promoted by George Soros Alabama had a bunch of establishment types claiming the same stuff against our Secretary of State uh, as your guest today. And uh, there is something happening here that you should research more. Um, the, the Eric system. Look, the Secretary of State isn't arguing that. I'm sorry, the, uh, the auditor isn't arguing, at least what I've garnered from our conversation just now, that. Uh, he had no business getting out of Eric. He's arguing that there should have been a replacement. Um, so I'm I'm not sure that that's you know exactly everything, uh, but that that is a, a major issue. And we do want voter rolls cleaned up, and there should be an effective way. And if Alabama has a way of doing it, and the Secretary of State likes it, maybe he'll uh, he'll adopt it. But. Uh, that was uh, one of the that was the the big uh, kerfuffle, I think, between uh, the Secretary of State and the Auditor's Office. Uh, and then uh, the second one, well, um, I'm, I'm I'm just not sure that it, all of this adds up to a whole lot of uh, anything. I, at least I don't think it's a, I don't think it's malfeasance. Uh, there's a discussion, uh, apparently, a difference of opinion on what information the Secretary can share. Um, the auditor thinks that, uh, the sunshine law doesn't prohibit him from sharing it, but I think we got all the details out and, uh, we gotta, you know, just watch and see what, uh, what uh, the secretary of state Ashcroft comes up with as a replacement for Eric. All right, 8 800 529 5572 or 8749390 that gets you here into the studios where you could chat with yours truly. We've got a foreign policy problem now and it is a military problem. It could have been avoided. But uh, as usual, uh, we just left our butts hanging out there. Uh, servicemen Got killed. These brave men and women stuck in the Middle East where they don't belong, got killed. Someone's husband, someone's son, some parent had a visitor from the from the military saying, I'm sorry to tell you that your child is you know, passed away, that your, your child died. It's sad that it happens ever. It's sad when it happens when you've declared war. I think it's even more sad when it's for nothing. Now we have to respond to this attack by the Houthis that killed a brave American servicemen. You can attack the Houthi rebels all day long. It's not going to stop anything. For them, it's just, uh, you know, if somebody dies, it's just war. The real response here, if you really wanted to send a message, would be to go after Iran. But we don't really belong in the Middle East. We're trying to contain this, and it's not containable. It's going to explode. Because either American servicemen will continue to die because they're there and can't respond appropriately. Or we're going to go after Iran, in which case, you know, Katie, bar the door. Iran can develop nuclear weapons. I don't know if they'll use them or not. It'd be pretty foolish. But we have unleashed hell by staying in the Middle East and choosing sides. You've heard me say it a million times. We have no business going out into other countries and and getting involved in civil wars and border disputes because the moment we pick a side, the other side's our enemy. And now we've done it. And somebody is, you know, parents, husbands, wives, spouses have been given a message that their loved one is dead. And what did we accomplish? What did we accomplish? And this is not the only place we're involved in. No, we've we've got our militaries stationed all over the world. 15 countries the United States government is involved in secret wars with. 15 countries. Now we've got three troops killed in this attack. And if we go after Iran, which is where we really should be going, that's going to create... It's going to just make that Middle East conflict explode. Um this list of, of countries isn't fully inclusive it's not everyone um there are other countries this is just some of them where we have deployed american troops like you know yemen libya um these covert military op- operations are operations we shouldn't be involved in I don't know. I don't know what's the matter with us. I don't know why we don't wake up and say, no, we're not doing this anymore. We have military right now still in Afghanistan. Recent and ongoing operations. War on terror. Uh, Cameroon. American Special Forces conducting multiple clandestine operations in the Central African nation of Cameroon. Egypt. Egypt. The United States uh, has uh, had a long military presence in Egypt, Iraq, Kenya, Lebanon, Libya, Mali. Mali has been uh, a key U.S. ally in their effort to combat terrorist threats in Africa. Mali is one of several nations that we have uh, supplied with military training and equipment because we have so much money. Mauritania. Niger. Nigeria. We're broke. Gary Nolan Zimmer Radio. This is the Gary Nolan Show. It's 935. By the way, we're also in Tunisia. I mean, we are literally, we have operations all over the world. And we just keep creating enemies. We're not declaring war. We're just sending our military out to do these things, and every time we do, we we have to deal with the consequences. And now we have sadly uh, lost members of our military. Three U.S. troops killed uh, because of this uh, Houthi group from uh, that are backed by Iran. The response: If you were really at war, if if we were really where we. Uh, We're allowed to be, or or legally allowed to be, I guess we're legally allowed to be there, but constitutionally we're not. If we were attacked, we would go right into Iran and mow them over. If they came over and attacked Los Angeles, or they came over and attacked New York, we would have the authority, the legal right, the constitutional right to go in and mow them over. But now... We're trying to control this explosion in the Middle East. And we can't do that because that'll, that'll make it grow more quickly. Uh, they're only days away from developing a nuclear weapon. When that happens, suddenly we're hands off. We're putting ourselves in the trick bag. And it's not just costing us money, though it's costing us billions. It's also costing human lives. Knock it off. Put somebody in there with enough intelligence to say we're, we're not going to do this anymore. Uh, Gary, I tend to agree with you that we should mind our own business. There is something that I don't understand about these secret wars that we are constantly in, uh, interfering in. We never seem to fight to win. I have no doubt that the United States military could turn Iran into a parking lot in a matter of weeks. But we don't do it. Yeah, well, you're exactly right. We have the capacity. I want you to think back to World War II, which, by the way, is the result of our our, our engagement in World War I. But just think about how we won World War II. We smashed the axis of powers. We dropped atomic bombs. We carpet bombed. We did everything we could to bring them to their knees. We destroyed their will to fight. We don't do that anymore. We don't do that anymore. Let me go to the phones. Les good morning.
2: Morning, Gary. Um we have over three hundred military bases in countries that do not want us there, um, and also get your terrorists and freedom fighters uh, in order. The Houthis did not shoot into Jordan; these were I- Iraqis and and Syrian. Freedom fighters, which the Iranians say these are freedom fighters, Houthis did, had nothing to do with these three military men uh, taken over. The Houthis did sink a British uh, oil tanker a couple of days ago, and the British military uh, ships they cannot even shoot long enough to get to the Houthi launch, launch sites. So uh, the United States is in Syria uninvited, and told to get out. They're in Iraq, uninvited, told to get out. So it is the Americans that are occupying forces. And a couple of weeks ago, the Iranians put a missile in an Israeli military base that was located in Iraq. Can you figure that out? The military, of the Americans, are paid mercenaries. That's all right. who they are.
0: All right, Les, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. The U.S. uh, said Iranian-backed militants killed three service members, wounded 25 others in a drone attack near the Syrian border, the first American deaths under enemy attack uh, since Israel and Hamas went to war. President Biden said in a statement, we will hold those responsible to account. Well, how? Uh, Let me go to uh, Duane. Uh, Duane, welcome. How are you?
1: I'm all right. I just think if we don't have a good leadership in Washington, D.C. at all, I'm nope. an ex-military guy. And I know, you know, I was always taught right from wrong. But he ain't got anything. He's doing everything wrong. because. What, what should he do? He, get out of there. Get all of our military guys back to the United States.
0: I'm afraid I have to agree with you. I think you're you're dead nuts on Duane, Thank you for the call and your service. You. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. We just need and and you know the we talk about the budget at the Pentagon being huge. This is part of the reason why you send troops over there. You've got to have all kinds of other things. It's not just sending a man over there. It's the tent, the food, the water, the uh, the the ammunition, the armament. It's, you know, it's expensive.
3: Randy, good morning. Morning. No, I I agree with you, Gary. I just wanted to point out, I mean, Biden, his weak leadership, I mean, they were attacked over 100 times recently uh, with no response. I mean, that's why this happened. They, They thought they could get away with it, you know?
0: Well... The you know don't I have one word for you don't apparently doesn't work.
3: No, that doesn't work. I mean, and and but Biden, he reinstated Iran nuclear deal, whatever. I mean, he's he's a moron. He's an absolute moron. And I mean, our country is so unsafe now because of him. And well, we've we've got a whole host of pathologies
0: that are going to develop from our continued uh, involvement over there. One of them is that if we don't respond to what just happened, and I mean respond in a powerful way, it will continue to happen. And if we do respond in a powerful way, then everything is going to get out of control. This we're keeping it contained nonsense is gone. It's out of the container. And if that's not enough, because of the way we're running the border, we know that people are walking into this country from all over the world, including the Middle East, who could terrorize us in our own
3: backyard. Absolutely, but it's not Biden's fault. Remember that. You know, <laughs> yeah. He's not to blame.
0: Yeah, no, so, it's thanks. Trump's fault. It's Trump's fault. That's right. Yeah. All right. all right, thanks, Randy. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. James, good morning. Good
4: morning, uh, Gary. Uh, yeah, we... Uh You know, Biden's a babbling fool, but the puppet master is Obama. Um, It's just we ought to hit we ought to hit them hard. But but I don't want to get in a war with these idiots, communist regime running things. I want to point out in 1988 when Reagan was in office and there's a good thing on YouTube about this. Some of the same stuff that was going on in the Red Sea there, Iran was attacking ships. So to make a long story short, in about a day or two, which they didn't have much of a navy, we pretty much destroyed their whole navy, pretty much completely destroyed it. But Reagan didn't want to do a lot of attacks on Iran. And this this goes back to what's going on over there now. He didn't want to make Saddam Hussein the stronger player there because you had a stalemate. You had a checkmate between Iraq and Iran. And thank you, George Bush, you destroyed that checkmate um but anyway it's it's a mess and uh I guess Reagan is the last president to actually attack Iran
0: well it, it, the the whole thing with Iran started in the 1950s the whole thing with Iran started when our CIA overthrew their elected uh leader and installed the Shah oh
4: yeah I, so, so at I, what I part- agree with that and of course you know 1979 Jimmy Carter's fiasco with the hostage crisis. I mean, you know, that, that was a joke. But
0: uh, well, at, at what point do we say, look, we had no business doing that. We have no business being involved in anybody else's border war. We can't afford this anymore. We're bringing our people home.
4: Well, the whole problem with the Middle East is like, you know, Reagan saw it. He, we, we, When you had Iran and Iraq, you, they hated each other. There was sort of a stalemate there. And, you know, we destabilize that, you know, George Bush took care of that, taking Saddam, you know, we can't go around taking every bad player out in the country, in the world. Um, You know, Saddam was a bad dude, but at least he was doing something good. He was keeping Iran uh, in check.
0: Well, and the other thing that President Reagan did that was wrong was Uh uh, was uh, heading into Afghanistan and giving them uh, weapons to fight Russia. He was so concerned with bringing down the Soviet Union that he uh he enabled uh th- 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 those radical Islamists and, and armed them
4: yeah you know maybe so I, I the only thing I really hold against Ronald Reagan he picked George Bush to be his vice president that's because the father gave us eight years of the Clintons and the son gave us eight years of the Obamas all right, I let you go, man.
0: James, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, we got a message from Michael. As long as war is profitable, it will exist. Heard this morning that the Chinese have placed warships around Taiwan. Uh, let's just get them in the mix along with the Middle East. Another sign of a weak president. Why do we? Why is it that we should care about Taiwan? How is it that it's our burden to protect Taiwan? It's it's not. It's not our burden. Taiwan wants to buy arms and ammunition from around the world. They can do it to defend and protect themselves. I have no problem with that. But I don't I don't believe we should have the US military involved. You know, in there is an island, a disputed area. Uh, in the China Sea, where China is saying uh, we can't sail through it, uh, but I think China is wrong on that, and if we want to sail through it, we should do it, and if they attack, we should respond, but that's not protecting Taiwan; that's just not our job. I'm up against the clock. I have to take a break. Uh, but I'll come back and uh, start grabbing some phone calls. Messages at GaryNolan.com, 800-529-5572 if you want to call in. Tony, you're next on The Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 9.52. Glad to have you with us. Uh, respond to Jim here, a message uh, from com in just a minute. But let me get uh, Tony in Fordland. Uh, Tony, welcome.
3: Good morning. You know, as much as I agree with you, Gary, and we've done it, first off, let me thank you for emailing me the copy of that, uh, all the wars and what we've done and got into. And if any other listeners email Gary, it is so worth listening over and over again to. Now, uh, this you talk about this island in the South Pacific or the China Sea that China says, this is ours, don't float around it. Okay, then why float around it? I mean, yeah, we're the greatest power in the world, but we're not Romans. It doesn't mean we can set foot wherever we feel like. And quite frankly, if we told China, hey, um, don't be bringing none of your ships up here between Washington and Oregon up the Columbia River there, because that's ours. So wouldn't that just kind of aggravate them to go ahead and give it a shot anyway? I mean, all we're doing is tempting fate. And as for Taiwan, I have no love for Taiwan. I know we lost lives in South Korea. It's not our country. Let it go. Germany, not our country. Let it go. Japan, uh, who cares? Um, <laughs> as, as for the rest of it? no, we don't really need. I mean, Japan is about as irrelevant these days as, as, as North Korea. <laughs> um, they're in the economic slump, they're falling apart, but it's not our business. America needs to learn this. It's not our business. Well, we have assets, and American companies have businesses there. We need to protect. No, we don't. If it's that bad in that country, that business invested in the wrong country. I don't care what their labor, how cheap it is to get the product built there, you invested in the wrong thing. You might lose your company, you might lose all your equipment, and you might lose all your inventory in that country. That's a risk you decided to take. But the United States military doesn't need to come fix your problems every time. That's all I got to say on that. I 100% agree with you, Gary. Pull them all home, let the world kill themselves.
0: All right, Tony. Thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, We do have uh, one dissenter. Jim says the problem with the bring all the troops home, is that an isolation uh, isolationist position, which was shown to fail during World War I and II, uh, It's what caused the United States to turn away a ship full of Jews back to Germany for extermination. Those 300 military installations are vital eyes and ears of the world, a patchwork of regimes, and have to be limited uh, instant response capability, better to keep the status quo, no, uh, let me tell you where you make your mistake here, Jim. First, World War II is a result, and everything that happened after that uh, with Germany and the Jews, that's the result of us getting into World War One. We got in there and prematurely ended the war. Instead of them fighting it out and coming to a reasonable agreement, we went in there and just toppled the Hun and it was not our war we had no business getting involved in it so world war 2 and everything that you talk about after that including this boatload of jews that's the result of us getting into world war 1 which we had no position no no business getting involved in and as far as not being militarily involved is not the definition Of isolationism. I'm so tired of people saying if you don't, you know, if you're not involved militarily, if you withdraw militarily, you're an isolationist. No, absolutely not. You keep the lines of communication open through trade. You're not an isolationist simply because you won't militarily involve yourself where you don't belong. You're an isolationist if you do that and then you don't do trade and you lock your country up. That's when you're an isolationist. The United States has never been an isolationist. We have simply not, or at least at one point, been involved or at least, well, maybe I, I misspoke. We've got such a history of, of involving ourselves where we don't belong. To be an isolationist, um, we're not. We're just not an isolationist country. We're we're not. You keep trade going with anybody and everybody. And trade is not done by the federal government. The United States government is not in trade with uh, people in other countries. Private businesses are in trade with other companies. We are in trade with other countries. So, you know, all of this uh, involvement in other countries is, and, and the argument I keep hearing is, well, we're fighting them there, so we don't have to fight them here. Well, guess what? We're, we're going to have to fight them here because we're over there. That's why these terrorists are coming into the country. You know, um, we talked uh, last month about a potential black swan event. I, I think it's going to happen. I think that we have so uh, abused the border that terrorists are in this country. I'm convinced they are. And it doesn't take a lot to, to wreak havoc and in a coordinated way. To get even with us, they send these uh, suicidal, radical Islamists into the United States. and And they'll start killing Americans. It could be in a shopping mall. My guess is they'll coordinate it. They'll hit in different areas all over the country all at once. They have that capability. And they're here because we're there. And all of this nonsense... Uh, about, uh, you know, grabbing your genitalia because you want to fly in an airplane, Uh, all that nonsense, that's not saving us. That's not doing anything. That's not doing anything. Uh, Brian says, blow back what we get from failed U.S. interventions all over the world. The CIA allowed the Golden Triangle to flourish because they were anti-communists. We ignore the poppy fields of Afghanistan because they were fighting the Russians. And later the Taliban. Yeah, we just keep making those mistakes. All right, uh, we'll talk about uh, Obamacare expanding next on the Gary Nolan Show.
1: This is the Gary Nolan Show.